We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All-America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at SportingNews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at SportingNews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, and you can follow me at Bill Trochi. And keep an eye on the main Sporting News account at Sporting News. Bill, week four was hyped up as the Super Week, and I think in a lot of ways it lived up to it. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, you know, obviously we were on the ground in South Bend, Ohio State. Um, anytime you have six ranked games and high stakes games and, you know, those kind of things, it, it definitely contributes and makes it fun. So, yeah, I, I, it was definitely a good time. Uh, but, you know, it goes right into week five. I mean, there's four more this week. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, quickly, Trochi trivia to kick us off. Ohio State won. 17 to 14 on Saturday night at Notre Dame. Can you name the last time Ohio State won a game scoring 17 points or less? We will revisit at the end of the show. It was a pretty memorable game. I think most Ohio State games uh, like that are tight, low scoring, memorable. We'll see if you can get it. The last time Ohio State won a game by scoring 17 points or less. All right, you are in South Bend. Give me, first of all, you hadn't been there in a long time for right. a game. Uh, I've heard other people say it's really changed and everything. Give me your impressions of what, what it was like uh, as far as, you know, Ohio State trying to get the red in there and all that stuff and just the, the, the whole atmosphere the whole evening before we get into the nitty-gritty. I mean, no, it was 60-40. Uh they said it was going to be 60-40 Notre Dame. It was not. It was at least 80-20, maybe more. Um, it was cool walking around the campus beforehand, seeing all the scarlet and gray, seeing all the green and gold. Um, yeah, it, it, that's those are the games you do this job for and work all those hours for and, and make all those late-night drives for. So um, it was a lot of fun. And I, I think – it was setting up to be this big moment for Notre Dame. And it, it felt like that all night. 
And I was talking to Pat Forty about it because I had the pleasure of sitting next to him all night, which is always fun when you do because you learn. Um, and he had picked Notre Dame and I had picked Ohio State, but we were both kind of, I don't really feel confident in it. And with good reason, because the game actually lived up to the expectations. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, uh, you know, it came down to, like you said in your column at SportingNews.com, one one play, one yard, one second. And, uh, you know, Ohio State made one more play than Notre Dame. Uh, But let's start with Ryan Day kind of overshadowing his team's great victory with this kind of bizarre rant, not only to Catherine Tappan on the field when the emotions are running high, but – he somewhat cooled off, but kept going in the press conferences. Oh, he didn't cool off at all. He was still going when he got in the Ohio State locker room. Uh, you know, they, and they fed into it. He teed up a couple questions for him, and I, I like I said on ninety-seven-one in Columbus this morning. I have mixed feelings about it. I get it when you want to defend your program and defend, you know, your whenever somebody questions your toughness. This is a football thing where you're going to do it. But I mean, going after Lou Holtz is bit of a stretch i mean lou holtz is 86 lou holtz has run a notre dame pep rally since he was on espn for 25 years and i just was i think everybody was at first surprised and then he kept going and going and and then again that's just like i told you last week if anybody doesn't think notre dame ohio state doesn't mean something ask me that now i mean he left he left so many parting shots on the way out it was uh it was pretty telling. Right. So give me this. People outside of Ohio looked at him like he was a lunatic. Okay. Mm-hmm. What are people inside Ohio? Are they are they are they happy with this Ohio versus the world? It's always been like that. We're the underdog, everybody's against this kind of thing. What did the Ohio State people think I mean, of this post game explosion? That's the greatest hits. They played the greatest hits. They lo- like the 
the high state fans love that. They love troll. It, it was like trolling Notre Dame too bad. And they, they've rallied around the Ohio against the world thing. Urban Meyer did that. Jim Trestle did that. Woody Hayes did that. So, um, but I think more, the more reasonable fans that aren't just doing it to troll were like, eh, it might be a little much to go after Lou like that. But I mean, that's the tone here. It's like, deal with it. We won. And, you know, I don't know what Ohio against the world means, but it, it's what that's that works here. And it, it's always worked in terms of, you know, Bill, I, I, Bill, I listened to Kirby Smart tell me that they were an underdog when they played TCU and then they won by 58. And I've heard these. So coaches latch on to anything. And to be fair to Ryan Day, Lou Holtz called him by name. He said Ryan Day, and then he attacked the losses one by one. I I might have done the same thing. Maybe not as pointed. Maybe I've just said we silenced a lot of doubters tonight. But when you call somebody by name, I understand that part of it. That's what I mean, though. He took away from his team's win, did he not? Oh, he yeah. He stole the spot. Everybody's talking about his weird rant instead of Kyle McCord's 65-yard drive in the last minute. Yeah, I had to write about the rant instead because you go where the story takes you. So like, and you're trying to get a story done in an hour in the press box. And that's, you know, you're exactly right. I mean, to me, the real stories here were Kyle McCord leading the field, that gritty kind of drive. And he's not flashy, but he made the plays in the clutch. These fourth and one plays in the game. You know, it wasn't a 55 to 51 game. It was a fun game to watch. But, you know, early in the game, Sam Hartman getting stopped at the stick. Uh now here's the thing i had a buddy text me yesterday big ohio state fan he said had ryan day not run the football on that last play i wouldn't have watched a game the rest of the year because the two fourth down calls before that were bad they pass at the goal line they run a jet sweep with emeka Ibuke. so i i ryan day's rant took away from the fact he made the perfect play call i'm gonna run it straight up the middle and live with the results and it worked he got in and um you know, that, those were the plays. There was another Notre Dame one. Which one am I missing? There was a fourth and one that they missed. Hart, oh, when Hartman tried to sneak it and Sonny Styles and, and Lathan Ransom came up and hit him. These were huge short yardage plays. And I liked how Pat, I read Pat's column. I think he called it like a short yardage tension. He worded it better than I did, but he's been doing this a little bit longer than I have. So he gets that benefit. Yeah, I mean, now let's talk about the, the fourth and one. Let's talk about Notre Dame having 10 players on the field. Let's talk about Notre Dame not having a defensive lineman out there for two consecutive plays. It was a colossal, colossal failure in the biggest moment for that coaching staff who, when McCord threw the first down, down to the one-yard line, came up to the ball, spiked it, seven seconds to go, Notre Dame calls timeout. I think they do Ohio State a favor, but whatever. Notre Dame wants to set their defense, and they send 10 guys out onto the field. And then Ohio State rolls out, throws an incomplete pass. No one still realizes there's only 10 guys on the field. Ohio State substitutes running backs, giving Notre Dame a chance to substitute. They still don't realize there's 10 guys on the field until Marcus Freeman finally does and goes, oh, wait, it's too late to get him on. I don't want a penalty. Like, Take, take that, the that penalty. Was, take a, the penalty. Such a choke. I mean. Take, he, the, take know, the penalty. Take the penalty, Bill. Right. Take, do uh, So uh, 
uh, you were at, we were talking before I came on. I obviously know a lot of Notre Dame and Ohio State fans. I was at my son's football game. My seventh grade social studies teacher, Mr. Frazier, he's a huge Notre Dame fan. Known this guy forever. His his uh, granddaughters cheered in the game behind me, and he talked to me. And that's the first thing he said. He said, "What's the difference between 18 inches and another guy on the field?" Mr. Frazier knows what he's talking about. Uh, he uh, and I still call him that because he was one of the best teachers I had. Uh, that's common sense, Bill. Like, okay, take half the distance to the goal versus not having a human being in that gap where Ohio State, maybe that makes them think about throwing a pass. And yeah, it was an absolute, and that's the difference between Bill, quite frankly, um, a coach that hasn't coached in a lot of top 10 games and for all the heat on Ryan Day, he's been in 14 top 10 games. He's been there, done that in these situations. I mean, that was... That was a fireable offense in the NFL, I would think. Like, if someone oh, did they that would, in the NFL, they, yes. yes, they would get fired on Monday. I mean, to it, it's if Green Bay, I just don't know if, how you look at your your team in the face after that. When you your your ten defenders, they run the play right where the defensive tackle is supposed to be, and they get in by six inches, and yeah. you cannot look at your team and be like, you know what? If we had that guy there. Ohio State had failed on fourth and short a couple times earlier in the game. Notre Dame did too, but like it, it was not a typical game where just people were blown off and, and scoring in those short yard situations. Ohio State was coming through on fourth and seven and right. third and 19 and not in short yardage. They were not blowing Notre Dame off the ball and they have 10 guys on the field because of a miscommunication, because the coaching staff following a timeout totally choked do you, do you think they would have audibled into a pass no i mean they've still no, he brought the, the short yardage back in the game yeah. and they didn't even think about it i don't think mccord made a read on the defense or anything it was like well mccord said afterward that we didn't know they had 10 on the field exactly so, so they were they were running run. it they were they were going to live and die with the with the sneak or the the dive or whatever and and i think it was so ryan day could say we're the tougher team. We're going to pound it in here. We haven't, I mean, he had failed on a pass. He had failed on a pass in the first half. He had failed on a end around. You might as well go straight ahead at him. You know what I mean? Like there was no thinking on that part. Iowa State was going to do the same exact thing. And Notre Dame blew it. And I just can't wait to see the game day signs at Duke with Notre Dame and can't count to 11 and with all kinds of signs everywhere next Saturday morning. Well, that stadium was ready to erupt. And I mean, it was all day. And I, I think, you know, I think Heather Dinich was saying there were students ready to storm the field and they were called back and then they were ready to do it again in case the review showed that it wasn't a touchdown, which it was. I mean, that's one thing, all the reviews in this game, it got them right. I mean, the Hartman one was close, but he's got to reach the, the, ball out i think there was a harrison catch in the first half where i thought he got his foot down and they he they said he didn't but didn't matter i thought the reviews were good the officiating was good they did a good job and um it, it just goes down as a tremendous missed opportunity for notre dame and you know you can ryan day became the story but when in reality the story here is kyle mccord is still gutty enough to win a drive and, and win a game their defense is good. 
But all of the – you know what? Notre Dame's defense is good. The, and I wrote about that this morning. Ohio State, Notre Dame, Penn State, Michigan, all top ten defenses. So, I mean, this was a preview for what we're going to see in about a month with Penn State and Ohio State. I think it'll be another banger, 24-21 type game. And then, you know, there was a reason why Ryan Day said we had a bad half in Ann Arbor a few years ago because that's still sticking with him. And that's the reason that narrative – not Notre Dame – the reason that narrative exists around Ohio State is because of Michigan. Yes, no doubt. And, you know, Notre Dame, the Duke game is going to be tricky because Duke's pretty good anyway. Now they really have to pick themselves up off the mat. I mean, not being able to finish the game after they got that fourth down stop, you know, the, the you know they got a first down and then they just like, they threw it on second down, which, you know, a screenplay is supposed to be safe, but – when do screenplays work? Yeah, that was some bad play calling. Yeah, the defense thinks you're going to throw it deep and you trick them by throwing a short pass. JT Tuimolo. Tuimololau. Tuimololau. I've he, said it. I've had to say it a lot. He figured it out, right? So it wasn't, oh, you didn't outsmart anybody. He started to rush the passer, dropped back, defended the screen, knocked it out of bounds. So, like, or knocked the ball down. So you didn't outsmart anybody. That was not a safe play. Because, it, you know, the screen kind of relies on fooling the defense. Well, you didn't fool anybody. Throw an incompletion. Ohio State doesn't have to burn a timeout. Turns out they certainly needed it after the uh, intentional grounding later on. So Notre Dame staff, yeah, they got to be kicking themselves. And they better pick themselves up off the mat because Duke is going to be waiting. Yeah, and this is not an easy game. Duke you know, doing our picks this morning. Um what was that stat I had on Duke? Like they don't lose by a lot. They're six and one against the spread as an underdog under Elko. They haven't been blown out yet. I mean, they beat Clemson. They got a chance to bookend things. I mean, this can't be a, that was also something Mr. Frazier told me. He goes, I hope they didn't beat us twice because Duke, that's what happened last year, a high state mm-hmm. physical game. And then they turn around and lose to Marshall. So I think that'll be the, the teachable learning moment for Marcus Freeman. And, um, yeah, I, I think uh, it, it'll be a tight game. I still like Notre Dame to win. We'll get into that with our picks later in the week. But, um, yeah, they better be careful. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. 
So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. All right, let's move around, bounce around a little bit. Uh, Let's start with Oregon 42, Colorado 6. Uh, Interesting one on this one. I think a lot of people were not surprised by this. Uh, I I thought, I think a lot of people thought Oregon's offense was going to light up Colorado's defense. That's exactly what happened. Again, a coach sort of distracting from his team. Dan Lanning decides to allow ABC into his locker room pregame and then starts with all these comments about Colorado and they are fighting for clicks. We're fighting for wins and this isn't played in Hollywood. It's played on grass, which it's actually played on turf, but you know, I let Lanning keep going on that one. So like, again, it's like something I've heard people refer to it's WWE out there right now. And people are calling people out specifically. And I just, I think you're taking away from your team and you're making yourself the story and and they didn't necessarily need to do that. So I don't know if you saw his speech, I'm sure you heard about it, but just like, what, what do you think of what's going on with that game? And then again, do you think it took away from from all of Oregon's effort? I would have said it with the camera off. Exactly. I would have said hundred percent given that speech with the camera off. Yes. The same one word for word. And because he's not wrong. He's not wrong. I mean, Colorado got more media attention this month than any team in the country at our site, at other sites, everywhere. Everybody does it. And um, which isn't a bad thing. We're doing our jobs. We cover the big stories. Colorado was the big story. And yeah, we're fighting for clicks. Dan Lanning wouldn't want us on his team, I don't think. Right. No, I mean, we have to, but that's, <laughs> you know, that's part of the effort. Uh, I would 100% said it. And I have no problem with anything he said, but we're putting this stuff in the locker room. Difference between Dion, Dan Lanning, and Ryan Day to me is this, because people are doing all these comparisons of it. Dan Lanning, turn your cameras off. Dion, keep your cameras on. But when you lose a game, and and he wasn't like making excuses afterward. I think Dion knows where that program's at. They don't have it in the trenches. Shador Sanders got sacked seven times and they didn't have Travis Hunter. Be humble when you lose for Dion and then Ryan day. It's, he was, didn't you think? Yeah. Yeah. He's fine. Like Dion's fine, but the cameras are always going to be on Dion no matter what. Mm-hmm. So just be able to live with winning and losing. And so far he's done that. And then Ryan day, um, you know, just maybe don't pick on an 86 year old man. That's, that's it. Right, I mean, I have a little role play. Yeah. Let's go back to Ohio State for a second. I'm Catherine Tappan and you're right. Ryan day and you're on the field at the end of the game. All right. And I say, coach, what did your team? What did you learn about your team tonight? No, What's the proper a, answer? Give me the role role play right here. No, we're a physical team. We we had a tough opponent. It's always good to win against a top ten opponent. There was a lot of critics out there, test you know saying that we weren't a physical team. Couple on the Pat McAfee show even, but you know our team came out. Kyle McCord executed a final drive, and um, so proud of this defense. There was a lot of talk about us giving up big plays. Well, we didn't do that tonight. We respect Notre Dame. We respect our opponents. But, you know, this is a tough Ohio State team, and we're going to go beat Penn State and Michigan here. Or we're going to go compete. I'm not going to say beat or – no, okay, I messed up the end. But, you know, <laughs> just something like that. Urban exactly. Meyer, Urban Meyer did that for years, and Jim Trestle did that for years, and they beat everybody, and they dominated. Like, all of these things that happened to Notre Dame on Saturday night, every Big Ten school – 
can say, yeah, we've been there with Ohio State. We've had that happen. You know, Wisconsin can say that. I've watched them lose overtime games. Michigan surely can say it. Penn State, et cetera. So it, it was fun. But, yeah, I mean, with these coaches, just we can say, you know, be classy and be humble. But um, I have no problem with what any of them are saying. But, I mean, it it is getting a little WWE feel to it. It is. It is for sure. All right, let's jump around. Another biggie was uh, Florida State, 31-24 over Clemson in overtime. Clemson was in position to pull the upset. The kicker, Jonathan uh, White's missed a 29-yard field goal late in the fourth quarter. He joined the team that week and uh, made a field goal earlier in the game, made three extra points, and then when the game was on the line, he couldn't do it. Florida State pulls it out in overtime. Uh, Jordan Travis played good, and you could tell his left shoulder was kind of bothering him a little bit from the Boston College injury, but he, he gutted it out. He had no support uh, in the running game whatsoever, so it was going to be on his shoulders. Fortunately, it was the right shoulder that was okay. He was his passing arm, and uh, Keon Coleman, what a catch in overtime to win the game. Yeah, you know, and I was kind of walking around campus game tracking this one. I thought Clemson had a shot. I really did, and you know, the, there was some stories on our side, at least, about Dabo's late-game decision-making. But at the end of the day, it's tough to go into Death Valley and win. Florida State has, in terms of, like, college football playoff capital, as much as anybody. I mean, beating Death uh, Clemson at Death Valley, winning against LSU. You look at the rest of their schedule, the tough ones are at home. They still got to play Miami. They still got to play – well, they play Florida on the road. But they're going to have some tests. But that's a pretty good resume for Florida State. And I think – what will happen, Bill, is if you're a playoff contender in another conference, you're hoping for, like all these conferences do, you hope for cannibalization, but you could like lightly pencil Florida State in to the playoff, lightly, because they may have to go through Clemson again, and some of these ACC teams are good, but, I mean, that that was the big one. that They, they passed both tests this month. Right. If they get into the ACC championship game undefeated and Clemson gets them there, they still might get in depending on what's going on right. with everybody else. Right, and it's a good football team. Keon Coleman is, you know, starting to look like transfer of the year in some ways um, for what he does with that offense. Still can't run the ball, though. 22 no. carries, 20 yards, and that that will catch up with them in a, let's say they get to the playoff. When you go play Georgia or you go play one of these Big Ten defenses, you better be able to run the football. And, you know, that will catch up with you if you can't. Speaking of coaches, post-game trash talk, what about the pre-game trash talk coming out of Lane Kiffin questioning whether or not Alabama switched defensive coordinators secretly after the Texas game and who's doing the play calling and this and that, tweaking his old boss again, and his old boss goes and almost pitches a shutout on him. Uh, Alabama 24, Ole Miss 10, Saban gets the last laugh. Did anyone ask Kiffin after the game, whether or not he could tell who was calling the plays on defense because whoever was calling them was doing a good job. Yeah, Dallas Turner, how about five sacks and ten tackles for loss? And that's the way Alabama is going to have to win is is grit, gritty. And um, Jalen Milrow made some plays, didn't make some plays, but they settled the quarterback situation. That's how they're going to have to gut it out and win. I mean, I feel like a lot of ways, whether it was Ohio State, Notre Dame, I talked about Michigan, in Penn State and Alabama that we're going, we've traveled back in time that, that these teams are playing like 
1990s style football and trying to beat you to 24 to 30 points. And that's okay. And you know what? That's great because I love it. I'd rather watch a game. It was talking about this with the cleveland.com reporters when I was walking to my car. I said, I would rather watch a game like that than 51 to 45 any day of the week. And, a, you know, Stephen Means works for cleveland.com. He shot back, well, I'd rather see a shootout. I said, I'll see a shootout if it's high-level quarterback play. If it's trash game like TCU Michigan, like, no thanks. I mean, that was just breakdown after breakdown after breakdown. Um you know, I, I love games like that, and I think we're in for more. Like Alabama Georgia SEC championship game, what's the over under on that if it happens? 17 14? Right. I think, too, it's a factor of the fact, you know, when we came into the season, Georgia had a new quarterback, Alabama had a new quarterback, Ohio State had a new quarterback, Penn State had a new quarterback. And so we weren't going to get the cj stroud in his second year as a starter bryce young is you know what i mean so i think there's a reason why the scores are coming down back down to earth and i think it's it's, a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play now you know one team that the scores are going up is washington michael Penix in his second well third or fourth year as a starter, he had a couple of indiana a couple injuries and all that but obviously the full um Full season last year as a starter of Washington, full season this year as a starter, and they are just obliterating people. And he is obliterating people in the first half. I had the stat in front of me. It was something like his last two first halves, you combine it into one game against Michigan State and Cal, I think he had 590 yards and seven touchdowns. 400 yards every game. I They, they cover <laughs> every week. If you look – in sporting news, they cover by halftime easily. Every- yeah, I picked Cal to cover the last two weeks. I've picked against them, and I'm not. And now this week, I do it, and Arizona will cover. Um, so here's the thing it, when you look at our one to 133, and I'm going to pick on Utah a little bit, you look at our top nine, Utah's 10. Our top nine, it's it's to me almost interchangeable about one through nine, okay. You want to tell me Washington's the best team in the country? Fine. Somebody might say Penn State is. Okay. I'll hear it. Um, you know, USC, they have Caleb playing. Caleb Williams has 1,200 yards, 15 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He literally has a flawless quarterback line this year. And then you want to say Ohio State or Michigan. Michigan's given up two touchdowns. There were people, I had a couple texts when Rutgers scored on them on the second play. Oh my gosh, it's going to be a game. 31 to seven, dude. They, they are content to just pound on you. And uh, the new clock rules factor in here too. I, I really believe it. You have to coach it more like an NFL game, unless you're the Miami dolphins who apparently can score 70 points out at a win. But um, yeah, wash to answer your question about Washington. They're really good, really good offensively. And if somebody told me right now they should be ranked number one, I wouldn't argue. That's how good they are. Well, that's so they got one vote in the AP. And I was glad they got that vote because now, you know, I looked at their schedule. They haven't played anybody, but they have been impressive week after week after week, which to me is important. Um, and they are playing at least power five competition the last couple of weeks. And they're getting better as the season goes on. But they got one vote. I'm looking at your 133 right now at sportingnews.com. And your 133 is you've got, I think it's 
I have mine right here. So my top, what it would like my top 10. Yeah, you've got three big 10 and four pack 12. 12 in the top 10. Yeah. Amazing. And the in the top 10 and only one sec. How about that? One sec, one big 12, one ACC. And it's, the Pac-12 is doing it with, and I, you, you, you know what else? You could make a case that Washington State should be in the top ten, and I'd hear it because Cam Ward's playing amazing football. Amazing. Um, so Washington State, and I got an upset pick right for the first time this year in our little upset challenge that we run <laughs> on Fridays. So I'm like one and eight, but I got one. Uh, <laughs> Pat and I were talking about that in the press box as well. He said I'm rooting for because I picked Oregon State to win the Big Twelve or Pac-12. I said, well, I haven't had an upset pick all week, so I or all year. So I don't feel sorry for you, Pat, but, uh, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's amazing. And, and this PAC 12 play is awesome. I mean, I was running it through my head. If Washington played Penn state, I mean, I would pick Washington to win because of the offense, but I wouldn't be confident in it because this Penn state team has changed the game a little bit. And, you know, that top eight we have, we have Washington ranked ahead of USC, uh, six and seven. And that game looms on November 4th. So as much attention that will be on Shador and Caleb Williams this week, just wait till November 4th when you, I mean, that's going to be the quarterback. You talked me into that last week. We, that will be a quarterback matchup in the vein of Lamar and Deshaun and um, Brady Quinn and Liner. Now people can laugh at that, but in 2005, it was a really big quarterback matchup mm-hmm. and uh, kind of those kind of games. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, they just, Penix just whips the ball 40 yards downfield and, and Roma doing it goes and gets it. And it's just incredible. Like it's just every time you look up and that they are like, they did it against Michigan state. They're backed up with their own five yard line. They just whip it downfield. No problem. They are a machine right now. And uh, you know, someone will slow them down at some point, but it's fun to watch and they are still floating under the radar, especially with all these big 10 East teams that are really making a name for themselves right now. And you know, the SEC is slipping a little bit, but that sucks the oxygen of what's wrong with the SEC. And Washington just keeps doing its thing. Oh. So, all right, before we get out of here, let's revisit the Trochi trivia. Ohio State beats Notre Dame 17 to 14. The last time Ohio State won a game, scoring 17 points or less. Do you remember that game, Bill? Yeah, I, I think I do. Is it was it in 2002? More recently than 2002. Oh, so it's not Holy Buckeye. That was my guess. So I'm going to go ahead and guess and miss. Um, if it wasn't that game. So I guess the Holy Buckeye game with Craig Krenzel, who reminds me of Kyle McCord. It's not always flashy. They did win. They definitely didn't have 17 points in that game. And when he hit Michael Jenkins. So if it's more recent than that. I, I like, think you will remember it when I tell you. 2016. They beat. They won at Michigan State, seventeen sixteen. Oh yeah! They yeah, stopped yeah. a two point conversion with four minutes to go. Michigan State entered the game three and seven. Ohio State entered yep. the game nine and one. The next week, they went on to beat Michigan in double overtime. Yep, the double overtime game, and then went to the playoff and lost thirty one nothing to Clemson. So yeah, I remember that game. It was one. I think that was a. JT Barrett Michigan game. State almost pulled the colossal upset. Yeah, D'Antonio always gave Urban good games. He beat him a few times too. So, um, yeah. So I did. I was. I, I let me. Can I cheat and look to see what the Holy Buckeye score was while we're on here? I feel like it was like ten six or something. That was a if so. If it was more recent 
Holy Buckeye. It has its own Wikipedia page. Um, let me find a score. Uh, 10 to 6. So yeah. How about that? that? Was, you got a trivia question. I didn't even... Uh... 10 to 6. So, yeah, that was... And, again, like, the comparisons between Krenzel and McCord, they're apt because it's not always pretty. Uh, Craig Krenzel won a national title. If uh, the last three quarterbacks at Ohio State to win national titles are Rex Kern in 1968, because he's from my hometown, uh, Craig Krenzel, and Cardale Jones. So you don't have to be a Heisman winning quarterback. And and that's a lesson for the Buckeyes and any of those top 10 teams, quite frankly. Very good. All right. Well, that'll do it for our wrap up. Uh, We couldn't do the live show on Saturday night with you traveling and being in South Bend and everything like that. So uh, this will serve as our wrap up. We'll be back uh, later in the week with a few uh, shows that we can discuss more of what's going on in the world. And we'll preview at week five. Uh, But thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All-America podcast brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you, of course, to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. They've done a great job breaking down all the post-Notre Dame, Ohio State stuff. So go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, Like I said, we'll be back later in the week. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.